When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I'd use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then, I'd come on this show to defend those opinions. But now, what's it to you? Joining me today, she's a wonderful comedian who you've heard on the network before. But, you know what? Not nearly enough. But hey, she's here today. Ladies and gentlemen, Samantha Jane. Also joining us, speaking of fantastic comedians, our next guest is that also. Even better, they both are producing new comedy shows that you can go and watch with your eyes and your ears both. You should do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Corey Robinson. It's gonna be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as co-host this week, ooh, my favorite co-host of all, no co-host. But I do have a couple of guests. Case in point, Corey Robinson is here. How's it going, man? Hi, everybody. I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. If you've been listening to the pod long enough, you've heard Corey on the pod before. But it's been a long time. I've been very bad at mixing up the guests lately. But now we have a booker, and it's going much smoother. Corey, thank you so much for doing it. I appreciate thank it. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Also here, you heard her recently on Conspiracy the Show, Samantha Jane. Hi. Hey. How's it going? Good, good. Can't complain. I mean, unless you give me enough time. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we all have things we could complain about. Doesn't. Uh, I am a oh, you know. <laughs> Thank you both for doing the pod. I appreciate it. We're talking about some upbeat comedy stuff this week. Holy shit. We are talking about Ron DeSantis. Woo! Let's go! Yeah! Ron DeSantis. He seems like he's going to be a big problem, and I don't like it. So we're going to talk about, you know, his win in Florida, the chances that he might become our president, the chances that will result in a civil war of some sort, you know. All those things. Before we dive into it, though, what's everyone's thoughts on Ron DeSantis? Has anyone looked into him? Yeah, I feel the same way about Ron DeSantis as I do about testicular cancer. <laughs> like, it's it's terrible. It hurts my balls, and they should be terminated with radiation. And he definitely made Lance Armstrong look better. <laughs> uh, I am from Florida, so. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. Escaped. I escaped. That's exactly how I feel about it. When I meet people from Florida now, like I usually like them because it's like we did time and we like have an understanding, but we're on the outside now. So I have, you know, conflicting views. Obviously he's horrible, but like the first election I ever voted in Florida, 
in West Palm Beach, where I'm from, was that I was in the hanging Chad County for George W. That's that was my introduction into politics in Florida. Wow. And in the rain, like I'm like, oh yeah, we had um Jeb Bush Jr. You know, we had Rick Scott. Like DeSantis is right. is not unique. <laughs> Right. in an echelon of like toxic assholes from Florida. Even Trump uh, was in Mar-a-Lago, you know? So like there's, um, I, don't, I don't find him exceptional because also I think <laughs> I also did, and I, I hope you appreciate this, Adam. I did, my biggest piece of research I did was I called my father <laughs> <laughs> this morning, which was to be like, okay, maybe you have an insight that I'm not getting from the news. Like what was the big things in Florida that maybe are not hitting nationally. I won't go on a whole tirade because I might get there, but he had a lot to say about homeowners insurance, which is interesting for me to hear as like a campaign tool, which, which, you know, struck out because homeowners insurance is a big thing there right now. Oh, really? Yeah. It's not fun, sexy national news, but it is hugely affecting any homeowners in Florida since hurricanes and, and, and apparently this was one of his very, very first campaign issues when he first won in the real election that was close. Sure. Before he started gerrymandering and, and everything to get that landslide. But he was campaigning to reform homeowners insurance, which was really striking a lot of voters and could have gotten like swing voters. because That's a big issue there uh, because uh, there's always like a bunch of stuff that goes down around hurricane seasons. A lot of companies have have gone under, have not been able to pay out people properly for, um, you know, damages. And apparently at this point, it's a big thing right now. And if you Google like DeSantis and homeowners, it's like a lot has gone down on it uh, because a lot of companies pulled out of Florida after Ian, like they literally will not sign people. And there's a company called Citizens, which is, as everything says, was supposed to be a final, like the final hope for insurance. If no one else can write you up, like they kind of have to take people on. Yeah. Um, it was like set up by the government, but it's, it's not good. But now most of the state is on this thing that was supposed to be a, like just in case insurance. Cause they're one of the only ones there. Right. And even DeSantis said something the other day about like, well, you know, they're kind of insolvent, <laughs> like that they can't um, actually pay out. And like, that's one where his people are like, we don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like he kind of dropped a weird Trump thing. Oh, yeah. um, I'm just trying to understand the point of going after, like, you said, which insurance is this? Citizen, which was only created, like, not very long ago when it became a big issue of big insurance companies just not underwriting people in Florida because of the hurricanes. Oh, because it's, it's homeowners insurance. That's what you said. It's homeowners insurance. And my dad said when they switched over, so, I, like, it's hard to follow a ranting man for very long. But uh, <laughs> what I kind of gathered was after the last round of hurricanes, a lot of stuff went down. Insurance companies pulled out. So his insurance company was just like, no, we're not in Florida anymore. Sorry, find someone else. A lot of people just lost their homeowners insurance company, had to go to a new company. He goes to a new company. They did new laws. And for some reason, they designated his house as a, in a flood zone, which it's not and was not previously. And he called, you know, other agencies called FEMA and stuff. And they're like, no, you're not in a flood zone, but this insurance will not accept that. So then he's forced to buy flood insurance. And he, his insurance went, I think he said from like 4,000 to like 17,000. Jeez. That's a, I mean, people are going to lose their homes. He's like, I almost was like, he went through a lot of things, you know, he, you know, is college educated, studied political science. So he, he managed to be able to figure things out to get that down. But like that kind of broad change, a bunch, you know, for all of the low income homeowners, mm-hmm. you know, it's crisis. And these insurance companies don't want to insure people because hurricanes happen yearly, hourly, damn near in, in Florida, right? right? 
Yeah, you yeah. can't control it. They're going to keep happening. Yeah, it's an act, literal act of God, which is what you need insurance for, and the thing that insurance companies don't want to cover. It's like, oh, it's an act of God. Yeah. What the fuck am I supposed to do then? And there's a lot of people still that have not been paid out from, like, last big hurricanes that are, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, that's, that's kind of one of the struggles, and I think part of, like, you know, the Republican campaign agenda which DeSantis loves to say which is wildly you know fascist they yes. and this is a big Florida thing Florida doesn't it had income tax for a long long time mm-hmm. they're a great tax haven but they tax the poor a lot and it just becomes a class issue you know like yeah. they're just creating more and more poor people that can't vote and can't have access to things is so DeSantis is he like pushing reform for homeowners insurance at first he wasn't he ran on that apparently in the beginning when he won that first election in like 2018 or whatever that was like a big campaign promise of his which he has not really upheld shockingly as a politician he did sign something that actually i think he was saying was going to help people by you know all of the things they say like clearing out the muck and whatever trite phrases but he did sign something that prevented the amount of lawsuits people can can take out against insurance companies. Jeez. He said that would help insurance companies not get bogged down and be able to pay people out. But obviously, if you can't sue the insurance company when they're not filling things, that's only, you yeah, know, helping insane. them. Yeah. Yeah. Corey, how about you? Any thoughts on Ron DeSantis? Um, that's a lot of new information that Samantha just presented. But, <laughs> but Yeah, I would agree with that. I didn't know any of that. Thank you. <laughs> Like that's that's a new twist. Like, and the funny thing is, like, I feel like I'm the rest. I feel like the rest of the country, whenever they hear the word Florida, like when you just when you're just listening to the news or looking or reading something, you just get to FL and you're just like, oh shit, right? Um, but with Ron DeSantis, everything that comes from this man just seems like a bad idea. And I had to do. I had to. I was doing. I write for a couple YouTube channels, and I had to do a video to something to this effect, and I had to go look into like a lot of his background and this dude started in the Navy or something like, like he went to some bullshit school, went to bullshit <laughs> school, went to the Navy and was like a security person. Like he never fought. He was just like uh, a consultant in the Navy. And this dude got into politics and just been a fucking bully ever since. And he was a teacher. And when he was a teacher, he taught for a year and he got asked to leave or they did part of ways or whatever, because he was being like, just fucked up to the black kids. You know, oh, no teach. way. Yeah. You go, go figure. Who would have thought? And like adversarial to the African American students is what it said in the, in the thing, I believe. And lo and behold, here we are with uh, legislation saying uh, like, yo, stop woke. Don't say gay uh, banning books. Uh, yeah. And it's like, yeah, this is about what we expected, but this is like if Trump was a serious person. But that's yeah. what I thought when I saw him talk today. I'm like, oh, it's all the same strategy, but he actually is more eloquent. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. He, I think, is that thing we've all been afraid of that eventually a better version of Trump will come along. And by better, I mean a more effective politician version of Trump. Like DeSantis is even better at being racist than yeah. Trump. Systemically I, racist. Like, like he is he is built to make systemic racism. Like this like it's one thing for you to be like just some hick from like I don't like black people, yada 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 and like and this, that and the third, which there is a lot of in Florida, obviously. But which is helping his situation. But he's one of those guys that just straight up 
I'm going to make it so you never get it. I watched him speak today because I, I don't normally like people like this. Like I don't watch them. I know they want attention. And the one thing I can do is withhold mine. So I never actually like watched him speak. And it was a bit horrifying. He's speaking to some obviously Republican school called Hillsdale or something. And everything he, it, it, it just feels like, you know, fashion. It just, it like watching Hitler talking like, wow, the guy's a good speaker and everything he's saying, he, he just is like, we need to fight for our agenda. Yes. And this, I hadn't even heard before that he was proud of like one of the school reform things he did is they created some program where they are speaking out against the evils of Marxism and socialism. Like they're literally got a fascist agenda at this point. I mean, this is the same stuff I know from being a Jew, like that a lot of like Middle Eastern countries, they get in the schools and they start teaching that other beliefs are wrong and that you need to do this. Like they just indoctrinate early. And it's like, he's like, that's what we're doing. (laughs) And it's like, just like, guess what we did? Like he was very proud of being like, like he literally was like, you know, I caught in on a, a margin and people said, don't rock the boat because you got to be happy to everyone. He's like, that's not how you're an effective leader. I got rid of all of these people who are my opposition. And can you believe it? I had a landslide. It's like, yeah, okay. You like literally removed people yeah. who were going to make like, it hard for you to rule. Like he speaks like a ruler. And I think that's the military thing. Like it speaks to people, elderly and other generations that were raised in a very battle-minded society it's us versus them they're looking for a war they feel comfortable when they have an enemy and he's providing that for for people that still want to think that way but it's like how is your enemy your own country like he says liberal the same way you'd say rusky or like the chinese or like whatever a foreign enemy but it's like the same country Yeah. yeah he's so much better at being racist than trump because trump at least still tries to pretend he's not. You don't get that with Ron DeSantis. Like, especially when we talk about the gerrymandering and redistricting stuff. Like, that's all him being like, wait, you think the law should allow for black people to have equal rights? No, I disagree. Like, that's his whole argument. His whole argument is, no, that's not, that's not how the constitution works. And it's like, that's exactly how the constitution works. Like he's literally banning books. Like he's, he's making it so you can't, like he's trying to ban CRT, which he doesn't fucking understand. He's got an anti-woke bill, which they literally can't define. And when they keep saying Marxists and socialists, I'm like, motherfucker, please show me one thing that would be, show me something out of the Marxist uh, manifesto that you had, like, show me that you read literally anything that you're banning. It's mind boggling to me that this is, there's nothing you can do because he's already at the top. Like he's the governor, you know? So like, the, like if as a black person in Florida, I don't know what you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? Aside from like just teach it, like homeschool your children, because otherwise it's their agenda. I was talking to this with my buddy the other day in America. It's we don't get any further on race relations because we never get to talk about it. He's literally outlawing the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And for, you know, trans and, and gay people as well. And, you know, anybody different, anybody non-white, they just yeah. don't want to, I'm Jewish it. and it's, you know, there's obviously like a little haven, mm-hmm. you know, of Jews around Miami, but <laughs> it's not even as much, like, even when I was growing up, you know, I remember in school kids like asking me where my horns were like very legitimately. Mm-hmm. Cause wow. that's what they were taught. Jews have horns. Like Jews, wow. like I got the compliment a lot. Like, Oh, you don't look like a Jew. Cause I guess we're supposed to look like, you know, propaganda. 
it was always meant as a compliment that I don't look like one of them or they didn't know I was one. It's so it's very ingrained. And it's, I think it's this, like, he's going for this Christian right thing. Like, I feel like he really is trying to play, you know, he's very like, God bless, God bless, God bless America. And he knows the people he's, he knows the people he's like catering to. It's like Christians are very apt to see themselves as very loving while they commit crusades against people. Yeah. We brought up the anti-woke bill already. And let's talk about that a little bit. Because in Ron DeSantis's version of the world, woke is an acronym that means wrongs to our kids and employees. What I found interesting about the anti-woke bill as it pertains to schools in particular is that it prohibits educational institutions and businesses from teaching students and employees anything that would cause anyone to, quote, feel guilt, anguish, or any form of psychological distress, end quote, due to their race, color, sex, or national origin. Have they been to school? Yeah, exactly. But here's my question. Like, if you, with that exact logic, some of the things that they're teaching are creating that for people of other sexes and races and genders, you know, removing the trans thing is making gay people feel weird because of their, you know, sexuality. So like, is it for everyone or does that just for certain people? And it's also a thing of where does that end? Cause you like the way they're positioning it is like a critical race theory thing <laughs> where you can't make white people feel guilty for slavery. And it's like, of course, well, isn't you it can. just ironically like, also the biggest, like, snowflake move i've ever heard well absolutely not just that but like where does that idea end that you can't make people feel guilty because the biggest ethnic group in the united states is germans so by that line of thinking do we not talk about the holocaust in schools oh no, anymore because that's if, that's going to make those germans I mean, if the Santa's has his way, yeah, they're not going to yeah. talk about that either. My argument would be like, yeah, not having an accurate talk, talk about black history or trying to get rid of black history month. That makes me feel uncomfortable. That makes me, that makes black people feel like, Hey, we're not appreciated. That's bad for us. Psychological. Why can't we counter on that same, on that same law? Yeah. I mean, growing up Jewish, they're like, trust me, they're not talking about the Holocaust very much. In school. <laughs> um, yeah. Already haven't been. But the ironic thing about that is if we follow the model of Germany, they do talk about it a lot yeah. in their yeah, schools by design to avoid repeating that. So we're not even doing what the Germans have done with their own history. And for me, it's just, it's so, it's just so hypocritical because this is the same group of people that you know, a couple of years ago, we're like, how dare you want a safe space where we can't say certain things, which is exactly what they're doing. You're trying to make yeah. Florida a safe space, just snowflake. Can't you like hear some stuff that makes you uncomfortable? Like, I don't understand how we're not seeing the utter hypocrisy. I hate the fact that we have to even entertain the idea of them being like, why don't I have a safe space to be racist? <laughs> like, I hate that shit. It is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's like when white people will bring up Black History Month and they're like, why is there a white history month? It's like motherfucker. Oh, January, March, April, May, June, July, August. You have 11 of them. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. The thing that I think has really put people on edge about Ron DeSantis is how hard he won the Florida governor's race Mm. in 2022 because he beat Charlie Crist. 
I always say by 104 percentage points, but it was only 20. But that's uh, still a whole lot. There's so much about that election, though, that made it a sham election. First of all, Charlie Chris, the Democrat he was running against was a former Republican. Yes. He served as a Republican. He was a Republican for so long. Not someone who's going to galvanize the Democrats to vote for this guy. They didn't really have too much of a choice. Plus, he had also he spent the first term gerrymandering, removing uh, all of these, you know, quote unquote, liberal people in positions of power all over the state that would have been able to fight elections. A, a theory I personally have, too, is like we you know, that was right after covid, which Florida didn't handle great. You know, a lot of the Democratic population, especially in where I am, West Palm Beach, is one of the largest retirement communities from people from New York. You know, it's the New York Jews. They can't do winter. They move down, you know, to retire. They literally call it God's waiting room. <laughs> but without a lot, the healthcare in Florida is also abysmal, especially for the amount of like elderly that need it. And he left COVID like how much of your elderly liberal population is just dead now. Yeah. Like just purely dead. And one thing he bragged about when he talked about was like how um, there was always historically more Democrats registered to vote and they, they did a huge drive. And now there's more Republicans than Democrats registered to vote. And I'm just like, so how much of that was done legitimately or was done through like weird, like there's always like, you know, a, a, a thief thinks you're going to steal from him. A cheater thinks you're cheating. The amount that they accuse the Democrats of voting fraud, I'm just like, what have you been doing? Like, uh, how much are you, do you know that you're being fraudulent and not just even through marketing schemes? Like, it just all sounded like, yeah, we rigged the election and we're proud of it, like the way he talked about it. He credited that win, though, to his idea that Florida is where woke goes to die. Which, where yeah. What was that? I said, that's where everybody goes to die. That's <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, which for one thing, like this is kind of a sidebar. When you hear people like rail against the idea of woke, ask them what part they take such offense to. Mm -hmm. I especially bring that up in regards to Aaron Rodgers, who is a Green Bay Packers quarterback, who when he got all this flack for not being vaccinated, he was like, well, this is just the woke mob coming after me. Oh, and it's fuck. like, motherfucker, what part of woke are you so bothered by? Is it you like pushback against also, police violence? Is it like the Me Too stuff? Like, Wasn't what? he woke like five years ago? Probably, yeah. Like he was completely, like we had a completely different view of Aaron Rodgers back <laughs> before his contract was up. This is, this is ridiculous. Yeah. I think he just wants attention. I mean, that is that's another big thing in Florida was that he didn't do vaccination mandates and he made laws that people couldn't lose their jobs because of a vaccination mandate, which I can see people like, you know, they're they're also on the side of small government. So that speaks then the government's not going to make me do anything. Yeah, I took it out of the notes, but I did have a bunch of stuff about his stance on COVID. I think that is kind of an outlier that might actually help him because it might be the one thing that the way it's all unrolled. Cause because I well, mean, the biggest benefit to, to him is how badly Biden and everyone else handled it. Right. And we are so divided in this country that even when it comes to something like COVID, we're pretty much hardliners on both sides. Either if you're on the, 
left, you think like pretty much every COVID restriction should probably even still be in place. And maybe it should. Mm. And if you're on the far right, like none of that matters. And so it seemed like Ron DeSantis opened Florida up super early. And he did when you take it in context of the United States. But when you take it in context with Europe, he actually opened Florida up a lot later than a lot of European countries did. And the guidance he was following, like I know they're fringe doctors, but they were like Harvard doctors and like actual doctors who did support the idea that we should open up earlier. And I guess I don't know all the numbers, but I don't know that things went a whole lot worse for Florida than anywhere else. And what I, mean, he's I wonder got- if that also, if during that time that attracted more Republicans to go to Florida, because fuck yeah. it, I'm going to go where it's open, and, and then they can move to your state. Yep. I can say for a fact that happened. Like, during during the pandemic in L.A., uh, one of the one of the few benefits was, like, uh, there was the great migration of comedians. Like, uh, half of them moved back home with their parents, and the other half followed <laughs> Joe Rogan. Yeah. So, that that was just that was just yeah um, that was something I couldn't participate in because that would mean going to fucking Florida and never dream of it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I understand. I stay. I stay. I stuck. I stayed it out. I stuck the course. But I did have to travel there quite a lot because my mom had cancer, so it was very That's weird true. to be going back and forth to like very different experiences. To to Europe's credit, though, like they opened up earlier because they locked down harder. Yeah, they actually did it right. Like they was like, hey, sit down, shut the fuck up. I mean, I think Americans immediately threw a temper tantrum. Like, oh, my freedoms, and I, you can't tell me what to do, and I, goddamn it, I want to drive my truck, and I'm gonna have a party just because. And I'm like, well, not just that, but dying fools. People really ignore the fact that in the very early days of COVID, when Trump was like hey, maybe we should not let people from China in. Mm. At first, people on the left were like, you racist motherfucker. And it's like, no, that's exactly what we need. Well, like, we needed to shut the borders down to stop. Ironically, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, like, that's like, it was like, hey, on the real, like, that's kind of what we do when there's a pandemic. You stop yeah. international travel. Like, the same reason, like, it's a sham, but it's the same reason there's a like a checkpoint between like California, the California border. Like, are you bringing in any good fruits or vegetables? Because the idea is that you're going to stop like an invasive pest from coming in and fucking up the crops or whatever. Yeah. So that would be the same thing. Like, hey, we're just not allowing any flights from China because this is where this virus is coming from. Yeah. Call it what you I mean, call it. But also fuck Trump still. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. <laughs> with, a, um, with a cactus. I think part of, too, like this underlying ideology that is a through line through how certain Republicans feel about gun control and the vaccine and, you know, a bunch of different stuff. And, and it, it kind of strikes me in Florida is like life's hard and sometimes shit just happens and you need to fight, but you need to take care of your own shit. We're not responsible. Like it, it's way more like apocalyptic almost like and it's true in Florida like so much shit's coming you can't you can't protect me from the alligators can't protect me from the hurricanes you can't mm-hmm. protect me from this and that so stop telling me to get a shot or whatever you know like you don't run my life yeah I've always I feel like the argument against that is always well like what about seat belts like seat belts are restrictive and they wrinkle your clothes and you don't look as cool when you're in a car wearing them but like we all do it and it's I read because once that, the like, government told us. The ideological differences between Democrats and Republicans 
is that Democrats usually tend to think um, of parenting as uh, like you want like the soft mother approach of like positive reinforcement and taking care of people. And, um, you know, I guess you'd say coddling in the bad way, but like, you know, being soft and, and caring and Republicans tend to go for a strict father ideal of punishment and discipline and, and toughening up and many, I mean, I think like most things, the middle and compromise is usually where the best things are. And people who are at the fringes are the most alike because they're extremists. Um, but that was just an interesting way to think of like ideologically, what do you think is the best way to go about doing things and governing? Yeah. There's a really interesting book that I've plugged on this show a bunch We've done an episode about it. There's actually two versions. There was a version written back when George W. Bush was in office that's just called The Authoritarians. And you can find it online for free. And it was written by this guy who worked at a university in Toronto. And he would give all incoming freshmen this survey to determine how likely they were to follow an authoritarian leader. And you're exactly right. Like, that is kind of the ideological difference between, like, Trump supporters, DeSantis supporters, and everyone else. They want that. They want that father figure to come into their life and be like, listen, I know everything. Everyone who says I don't know everything is wrong. And if you trust me, we will get those people out of fucking society. There is such a huge portion of the world's population that craves that. And they want strong daddy. Yeah. And that's always the answer when people are like, how do these authoritarian rulers end up like winning elections and shit? That's why people want that. That's such an oxymoron to what they say they want. Yep. You know, they say they want smaller government. They say they want less, you know, hands on approach. And then that's exactly what they, they stop everything. Like, I'm in control of this and this is what's going to happen. That's going to happen. And from the outside looking in, because like I'm a Democrat by default, but as a voter of color, it's frustrating to just be like, oh, yeah, this is like, this is what we're going to do for you. And then oh, we'll get back to you. Yeah. But all that aside, like, there's, it's easy to vote when you see one side is just openly hateful to everybody. And one of the things that made me realize, like, like, cause there was like, it's skepticism around my friends or like when the, when the COVID vaccine came out, I was like, oh, you can't trust that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I trusted it because like, if it was just a cash grab for the, for the pharmaceutical companies, the Republicans will be pushing that shit harder than the Democrats. Yeah. If it was about money, then that would be the thing. Cause I was like, I can't see the grift. This is actually something that one of the few things that seems like, Hey, this is just to keep us all alive. And it scares me. Because, like, I, I used to think the only thing that could bring this country together or this world together or people together is, like, a, a big enough common enemy. So, like, we need, like, aliens to invade and be, like, be on some Independence Day shit. But after this pandemic, I don't think that's ever going to happen because we're, like, we're just too, we're so hateful, we're so divided that people are just like, I'm going to vote for this because it, it, it hurts these people. It doesn't help me. But I can see it hurt. Them. Actually, it hurts me. But then I know they're hurt, too. And it's, yeah. I, don't know if we go I don't think people don't want to have uncomfortable conversations or realize that sometimes things are both. Like we like to have a good and evil side. We like to know yeah. who's the good guys, we like to know who's the bad guys. We want to know who we're rooting for. And most of life is not like that. Like I'm I'm Jewish and a woman. I'm also a Democrat by default. <laughs> um <laughs> 
I was skeptical of the vaccine thing because I don't trust big pharma to have our best interests in mind. The same people that started, you know, Oxycontin and fentanyl. Like I should trust them now to have our best interests in mind. I also believe in medical science and I believe in vaccines. I'm aware of polio and our history. I was very on the fence about it, you know? Um, And I felt like I couldn't say that to my liberal friends because they they weren't open to having a discussion. The same way the anti-vaxxers, I think, weren't open to having a discussion too because, like, there was no argument against masks. Masks aren't hurting anybody. Yeah, right. You know, so I didn't understand, like, why can't we find a way to, like, okay, you don't want a mask, well, here's the other things you can, or you don't want a vaccine, here's the other things you can do to still be addressing this very real problem. Nobody wants to have deep discussions without an easy answer, which is even most even of the mass though. They, they got so angry that you even, yeah, I didn't understand. they do something like the thought, like the, I, videos was coming out of people like causing a scene in a, in a social setting just cause. And I'm like, why? Like, if you don't want to do it fine, but like the fact that you got to be out and like, you put a mask on, it's like, yeah, put a mask on. Yeah. Like, the, still- the thing with pharmaceutical companies, I think you still see it now among Democrats, liberals, people on the left, whatever, where if anyone is like, hey, these pharmaceutical companies are kind of shady, they'll be like, oh, why? Because you don't believe COVID's real? And it's like, no, because Pfizer wants to charge $400 for COVID vaccines now. Yeah, I mean, like, of course, the medical science behind what they're doing is going to be fine and legitimate. But you know they're also going to profit on it in a very ugly way. And I think the Republican response to COVID, because if you go back, like, at first, I feel like Republicans were also kind of, like, a little cautious about it. And then what started coming out was, oh, you know who's really dying from COVID? Poor people and people of color predominantly. And that's Mm -hmm. when Republicans were like, oh, so this is like climate change. It's real, but it's not really going to kill me. Yeah. So like, oh, now I care a whole lot less. Yeah. I mean, when they had their own ventilators and stuff, it's just like, cool, you're not playing in the same medical system. I mean, it became very clear early on the thing that was killing people with COVID was not getting treated and how it was overwhelming right. our medical system. Yeah. And so people that could get treatment were much more likely to survive it. So all the rich people who can like literally hire a private doctor and buy their own ventilator, it suddenly is like not affecting them at all. So yeah. why should they care? It's not going to affect them. Yeah. Um, and oh, it's clean house for a lot of people that were causing them issues. Yeah. And I, I guess back to Ron DeSantis, like I, that guy. I worry yeah. that his approach to COVID, if COVID becomes the thing that it was, Initially, at some point between now and the next election, I feel like his stance on COVID is going to resonate with people. I mean, that was the thing that got me when he's like, you know, oh, nobody can lose their job because of a vaccine mandate in Florida. I kind of got how people would be like, cool, he's standing up for us. Like, I I'll admit it. I'm not boosted. I got the vaccine. But I but everyone I know who got the booster then like also got COVID. So I was like, I'm not seeing yeah. I'm not if if everyone I knew got the booster then was like I've been covid free like like everyone still got it and I was like okay well I don't know well, is I've it been, helping I will add I've been boosted twice and have never I've still never had covid at I've least I've got, never tested positive for it I only got my initial two uh vaccine shots but like I've had so many of my friends say covid was a hoax and I'm like 
bro, we've got mutual friends that aren't here anymore from that same thing. Like, well, how do you know it was that? Doesn't fucking matter. They died around the same time, don't it? Yeah. Like, what do you think yeah. it was? Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. I mean, I believe in COVID 100%. That's another, I'm like, oh, but would the pharmaceutical companies come out with all these boosters with a financial incentive, even if they're like negligibly, like, I could buy that. Yeah. I didn't get, I, I forgot to say, I didn't get boosted just out of pure laziness. Like, I was, I got the two <laughs> that I needed and the other two, was like, hey, you can come in. I was like, yeah. But there were jobs that I would see that required you to have proof of a booster. So, like, I lied. Like, I, t- I went through oh. the same auditions and just lied. Okay, good <laughs> I didn't get the, I didn't get the bark. So, <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was, that was one of the few things I saw of DeSantis where I'm like, okay, I could see people thinking that, that he is fighting for the, the small common man with that yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing about Ron DeSantis that I want to get back to is how decisive that win in Florida was, because a lot of people are pointing to that as well, that's proof that like we need to worry about him in 2024. And I think we do, but there are things to take into account about that win. Samantha already brought up Charlie Crist. Like, just Google that guy. Like, he's it was been, a joke. He's been a clown since like 2008. That was basically Democrats conceding that they didn't have a viable enough candidate to beat Ron DeSantis. He was a Republican. Yeah, he's a former Republican. He had served as a Republican. How is any Democrat going to believe he had this massive change of heart? Like, nobody's going to vote for that. He reminds me of Rick Caruso, who ran for mayor in L.A. He had all these celebrity (laughs) endorsements, but he was a Republican who just like flipped at the last minute so he could run as a Democrat and nobody fucking bought it. And well, he didn't win. I mean, there was old um, there was an old article about Trump when he started running that said he might run as a Democrat, but whatever would probably work. Like he had said that on the record before he ever ran. Yep. Yeah. Here we are. The gerrymandering thing, though, I think is important. You have to take that into account. And the voting laws that alienated so many minorities and elderly and, um, you know, immigrants and. How so many Jerry, people got disenfranchised. How did gerrymandering, gerrymandering, that's a fucking hard word, <laughs> gerrymandering become illegal, uh, become legal in the first place? Like how it's clearly chopping shit up. So like these people can't affect your numbers. So why is that allowed? That is such a good question. I mean, like, there's probably <laughs> loopholes like there, there have to be certain real reasons you would need to redraw a district. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, if people have moved and the population has changed, um, there's got to be like real reasons for it that they are just loopholing through. Well, have you seen some of the gerrymandered, like the maps? Like some oh, of them don't even connect. Like do you have like one section here, one section here, one section, like all these little blocks, like there'll be like tiny little dots that all make up some district. And then like that's what, and that basically means like, okay, we set it up to like, you might live in this zip code that has like a hundred thousand people, but your district only has 10. So right. your vote literally doesn't matter. Yeah. And that is a big, big deal in Florida. We'll link to an article in the show notes from the guardian who I think actually does some of the best reporting on American politics. They use the example of a 
black Florida congressman named Al Lawson. He was especially well-liked. He was good at his job. He won his seat. He won re-election in 2018. He won re-election in 2020. And then out of nowhere in 2022, no scandals to his name, no dips in his job performance. He lost to a white Republican by 20 points. And this was in Gadsden County, the only majority black county in Florida. So somehow Republicans flipped that county in 2022. And if you look into it, and this Guardian article spells all this out, it's a very deliberate thing. What happened was in 2015, the Florida Supreme Court ordered that the state had to draw a district that stretched across northern Florida from Tallahassee to Jacksonville. And the argument was that there needs to be a district that benefits black voters in these areas because these are majority black areas. And as the districts are drawn now, people's votes aren't counting, like literally are not counting. And the Republican legislature went along with it. Everyone was fine with it. And then Ron DeSantis on fucking MLK Day, stepped in and was like, no, that's unconstitutional. We can't we can't have a district that is designed just to benefit black voters. So he proposed his own series of districts and his version cut Al Lawson's district up into four separate districts that all benefited Republicans. And that is how Al Lawson lost that election. Well, and one of the first things DeSantis did was appoint people to make sure the Florida Supreme Court is now conservative. Yes. So if you're also going to appeal, you're going through a court system that DeSantis has stacked. Right. You know, it's funny now that I think about, like, I, I think about the Capitol insurrection often. It's one of my favorite jokes to do on stage. <laughs> but... Like, when I look at that giant temper tantrum, the Electoral College is a version of gerrymandering, if you really think about sure. it. Because I live, in an, I live in a neighborhood that's probably got, no joke, 900,000 people. Maybe not the neighborhood, but like, I live in L.A. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. huge out here. We've got more people than both Dakotas combined, and they have the same amount of senators, or, or more, you know? And the fact that Trump lost the election... And they had such a tantrum where they tried to literally just hijack the government. Like you're already complaining about a situation. You're like, you're, you're cheating to win and you're sad that you lost. You feel, you see where I'm coming from? Oh yeah. And that's the other thing about DeSantis. I don't think I brought it up yet, but it's a point I've made before. Just the fact that he doesn't, dispute the 2020 election results is enough for him to be like, hey, I'm a more moderate version of Trump, which couldn't be further from the truth. Like he is a smarter, more effective version of Trump. More literate version of Trump, maybe. Yeah. He's a Harvard practical or no, sorry, Yale educated lawyer. And he's, I like, think Harvard Law School. Yeah. And he's kind of young. I mean, he's younger than me, which is fucking gross. There's no <laughs> goddamn way I should be older than Ron DeSantis. Fuck mm. this. Your soul is younger than his. <laughs> so much you, younger. You've got so many bodies, so many less bodies on your on your soul than his. His soul is 108 years old. <laughs> No wonder his, his soul is soul owned slaves. That explains 
everything. It's family probably owns slaves. Oh, that's a guarantee. That's yeah. a guarantee. Oh, they still do. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Somewhere, probably, yeah. J1 <laughs> visas or something like that. Yeah, they're just called the help now. Zelda, make me a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, apparently Florida just passed a six-week abortion ban today. Oh, great. Which is basically an abortion ban because most people don't know that they're pregnant until six weeks. I was going right. to ask, as a man, I'm like, how, how is that even possible to know? Well, you got to like wait until you miss the period, which happens every, you know, 28 days around every four weeks. It's different for everyone, too. You might have a longer cycle. So it's going to be a while till you realize. I've been a part of one of those scares. So I know it's, yeah, it's about every four, about the fifth week. Like, hey, what the fuck's going on? But even then, like, how are you even able to do anything about it? Like that's insane. That's like almost that's barely faster than the um than the morning after pill. Right. Yeah. Um yeah, Florida's a nightmare. And mm-hmm. Ron DeSantis is a nightmare. That, I think we found the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and Florida's a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing though, too. Like growing up in Florida, politics has always been weird. Like I'm from West Palm Beach and I remember at one point hearing that uh I don't know who this I don't remember who the person is again. I don't I, I don't want these people to take out Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> Right. You know, I did grow up where this is how I explain to people where I'm from. Palm Beach is the island where, where Epstein and Trump live. Oh. And West Palm Beach is the incorporated inland county where they got all the girls. I was only ever bothered by poor creepy man, though, unfortunately. Uh, but there's a lot of places in Florida where, you know, like the the mayor or whatever, West Palm, they outlawed giving homeless people food. Jesus. They like literally, these are the kind of laws that are like, just they're like, like this is like, normal politics in Florida. They're like treating them like pigeons. Like don't feed them. They'll come back. Like the fuck. Yeah. Yeah. They ended up having like people in churches were getting arrested. So we're going to do this, you know, but so it's That's like church is for. Yeah. Didn't DeSantis make handing out bottles of water on voting day illegal also. Uh, yeah, I remember that. I believe he was snatching people up for that because he's saying that was in, that was influencing the vote. Yeah, he started the Office of Election Crimes and Security, and if you look into that, it's just like it's like Space Force. Yeah, it's like Space Force if Space Force was entirely meant to keep black people from voting. I mean, the thing is, like, yeah, you've created Sorry. this whole department, black and brown people from voting. <laughs> Well, um, not Cubans because they are going to vote Republican. <laughs> they want they want their vote. Yeah, I just feel like it's so obvious that voter fraud is happening. That's why they keep accusing the Democrats. It's like you point the finger in the other direction. Like, but yeah. it's wild to me the Democrats aren't trying to investigate them. So yeah, because of all that, it's tempting to think Ron DeSantis isn't the national threat that he seems to be. Because yeah, he won huge in Florida, but it's because of the gerrymandering and all of the other things. But I don't think I agree with that. Because for one thing, those restrictive voting laws he passed are getting passed all over the country. For example, 11 states have imposed stricter voter identification requirements since 2020. 19 states have passed laws making it harder to vote by mail since 2020. Seven states have enacted laws that facilitated the delisting of voters from voter registration rolls since 2020. So when he takes this Florida is where woke goes to die idea national, he's going to have those same restrictive voting laws in place in a lot of areas. And that's 
fucking concerning. You know what's funny about where woke goes to die? That That's right in several ways. Like, Stay woke used to be like something that, at least I know for the black communities, like just like be aware of, you know, all the shit that's going on. The like, you'll know, be aware of the injustice, be aware of the protect your neck shit we've always said. Yeah. So, and like a lot of vernacular, it got gentrified. So, woke just literally became like anything they don't like. Yes. But you ask them to define it, and they can't. I mean, they took it and they don't like, so it's your, like you already made up your own shit for it, but you can't even, you can't even describe it. I feel like this is tangential, but I feel like I heard Chris Rock wailing against woke. Yeah, and, he did. And, and I was like, what he's got money now. Happening? So he's, he's been on that tip for a while. <laughs> it was just like, my brain started eating itself. Like I do not understand what I'm watching. Right now. Yeah. But yeah. the funny thing I felt about that, his idea of the woke thing was that it finally, he did roll it back to like, why do like, why do white men think they're losing? It's like y'all. Like, how are y'all? Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> that I can, yeah, that, that I can buy. I mean, one of my hopes for DeSantis as a national threat, and and his like now trying to like create this divisiveness with Trump, and and basically win by taking over Trump's base. I think is what his strategy seems to be right now. Yeah. The my hope for that is that they're going to split the base in a way that was like how the Democrats split with like Hillary and Obama, or whatever, where he couldn't galvanize because it's going to like, these are also battle-minded people. Do you think the people who did an insurrection for Trump are going to easily just go, Oh, but I'll for this guy. Sent. Like hopefully he can cause so much chaos and rift that base in two that it becomes a house divided upon itself. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because I think that might end up being kind of the nightmare because Splitting the Republican ticket is obviously going to help, say, Joe Biden win the popular vote. Like mm. if Trump and DeSantis split, you know, 25 percent of the 50 percent of the voters in this country who vote Republican and Biden wins all of the Democrats, like 48 percent, whatever. Obviously, that helps Biden win the popular vote. But what if he doesn't win the Electoral College? What if no one wins the Electoral College? Insurrection 2, the resurrectioning. That's I was going to say, do you guys want a TV? I'll get you something. Yeah, that's kind <laughs> of the thing. Because if it comes down to that, the House of Representatives, Congress, where all the crazies live, they decide who is president. Each, I mean, look, that, they do that often, no matter how the popular vote goes. So, I mean, not to this degree, though. Like, this would be each state voting for who becomes president, which is what the Electoral College is. But what if no one gets 26 votes? Because you have to get 26 votes in that case. Trump's not going to get 26. DeSantis isn't going to get 26. But what if Trump gets 13 and DeSantis gets 14? That means Biden's going to have 25 so now we can't decide it that way. So then the Senate picks the vice president. And if Congress can't decide on a president, whoever Senate picks as vice president becomes president. What I'm saying is three parties running will be a fucking fiasco. Like we kind of just have to hope Trump. I don't know if Trump being in prison will even help. He can run from prison. There's nothing in the Constitution saying he can't. He's going to be running the country like El Chapo. That's just hilarious. He can absolutely run the country from prison, too. 
Nothing in the Constitution says. Listen, anything. I told everyone, look, I've got twenty, I've got twenty boxes of cigarettes that says that I am allowed to be on the phone to tell my constituents. Sorry. <laughs> I'm legitimately I want to cons- see the cabinet in there. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm legitimately concerned the 2024 election will come down to whose followers are willing to storm the Capitol the hardest. Well, Trump's already got us beat there, then. We yeah. just uh, we and- think. But DeS- like DeSantis is the type that'll just bring a stockpile of guns with him and like I, hand them out. I don't if, know. But if that's the case, if it's a civil war amongst Republicans, let them fight. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want them to win. Let them clear the and then we'll just walk in behind. <laughs> let the gravy seals have at it. <laughs> yeah. Gravy seals and the proud boys swinging on each other. That's actually one of my that I'm a writer. I'm a writer. I mean, the thing that is becoming utterly clear in all of this is that our system of governing is, is broken. You know, we, we always come back to the constitutional, this, the constitutional, that when the constitution was written, uh, Corey and I both were not considered people. Right. There are like flaws from the outset of the way that the governing of this country was written and we need to evolve it. We need to change it. The horrifying thing is that the change is coming from the exact people who were, you know, putting those inequities in, in the first place. Like, so we're going to have a revolution that just doubles down on the things that were problematic. Kind of, like yeah. we need a, and this is like, this is my, my qualms with, you know, the Dems and the liberals is like, yeah. they love to complain, but what the fuck are we doing about it? Point. You know, there's almost too much discussion, too much debating, but then we think it's not a real threat. And then people come with guns. It's like, okay, well, what are we doing to meet this to, to battle for our type of change? Are we just going to sit in our houses and, and whine about it and write a little article about it? Like, yeah. We get mad. I mean, about and that's it. all I do is write articles, but I, I just don't know. We've that's why they're fighting so hard against the stop woke thing because they feel like that's the only weapon that the left has, and it kind of is. It's like, well, we'll just turn Twitter against you. That's kind of like we won't even. Turn and that is why they're now. And they're now, really now they're censoring that. That's why they're removing books. They know that they can. The only thing they can do is remove information from people. Well, also Elon Musk owns Twitter now, so turning yeah. Twitter against people is not going to be as effective as it used to be. Twitter is 600% more, well, not 600% more racist, but there's a 600% increase in the in the use of the word nigga with the hard R. And it's like, do you know how bad you got to fuck up on human rights violations for Germany to be calling you out? And so on? <laughs> well, you know, some things that are interesting about that, like uh, when I visited my friend in Italy, I saw like someone had tagged a while ago, kid. It was actually hilarious because they did a, swastika and they did it wrong when you accidentally do it the wrong way and they're like fuck and that's how i get done the right way right down the street um <laughs> but i was like that's wild because like there aren't many jews there for so many historical reasons so they haven't met any so they don't have a personal reason to feel guilty and she's like the reason that kids will often vandalize with like nazi symbolism is because there are extra laws there to fight a resurgence of fascism so fascist imagery is actually extra bad like it's extra bad to do yeah so then there's like that kid thing of like i'm gonna do the extra bad thing and i think there's a bit of that on twitter too it's like you've been told you can't do this for so long people are doing it just because they want to be bad like they're not thinking through the like you know um effect that that's going to have on anyone. They're just trying to be a bad kid or like be rebellious or whatever it is. 
I wonder if that gets to be a little counterproductive at some point, because one of the things I always bring up about America versus Europe when it comes to fascism is like, yeah, we're definitely creeping towards it. But talk to Italy or France or any of these other European countries where it's like they're kind of in the thick of it. And the thing I always bring up is like go to a Lakers game and try to get an anti-Semitic chant going like you're going to get beat to death by the crowd before security (laughs) even gets to you but go to an italian soccer match and do the same thing you're gonna have thousands of people joining in that chant and that i mean we're getting there though let me tell you we're getting (laughs) there but i take comfort in knowing that we're not there yet yeah like it's getting more popular but it's still not popular which well we're also saying that i guess from the enclave of california well i I feel like if you did it in oklahoma city too like it's probably not gonna work another nba is the least violent sport on the field but in the stands there are literal murders happening yeah murders sexual assaults uh hate crimes it's ridiculous. It's like it's almost like a football off the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I love football and you're right, but football is just as violent as football. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. That's true. At, at least it tracks that they're always that violent. <laughs> like the violence on the field kind of begets the violence on off the field versus that soccer. They just came, they come in shitty. I mean, this is philosophically to bring it back to politics. I have this idea of, uh, why is it that people and, and politics and politicians and stuff are so, they always seem to have this detachment. It's like people who seek out positions of power and crave power and control over people are usually not people who are empathizing with the ones that they want to control. You know, it's a different mindset. Like we're surprised that these people who want to basically rule people like Kings are narcissistic and think they're better than everyone else. Like, yeah. It's the personality type. Yeah. Go figure. (laughs) So I think we did it, right? I think we can all confirm Ron DeSantis is a reason to worry. Yeah. I don't know that he's going to win. I don't know who's going to win in 2024. I just know it's going to be a fucking nightmare. I really wish we could run anyone other than Biden. Like anyone else. I completely agree. Like, how do we not? Oh, yeah, he has to. He's really- yeah. Yeah, we got to give him a shot if he wants it. That is the, the most scary part is that we have no other option but Biden. And yep. Biden is like, I, I thought they were joking around about like Biden being senile and shit when like the right was when they're when the election with Trump was happening, because he's only like three years younger than Trump or something like they're real close in age. But like I've heard some of his like sound bites and I'm like, holy shit, this dude literally isn't here right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's something wild. I don't get with people who are like the Constitution, the Constitution, the Constitution, there's an age minimum, right? Yeah. I think there should be an age maximum because when that yeah. Constitution was written, nobody lived to be in their 70s. No. Nobody would have it's been a president in their 70s physically impossible. So how is that happening now? You'd be a circus sideshow. Come see the yeah. 65-year-old man. They're like, no you way. Can't, you can't be president when you're 30, but you can be president when you're going through dementia? Like, I yeah. don't understand. It's yeah, that's just not fair. So we should wrap it up. Thank you both for doing the pod. I pre- This was a really good episode. Thank you both. You both brought a lot to the show. And I appreciate it. What Thank you. do we have to plug before we get out of here? Samantha, what do you got? Oh, well, I am uh, producing and hosting a show called Comedy Go-Go. 
at El Cid out here in Los Angeles. Um, and that's going to be on fourth Fridays uh, for the foreseeable future. The next one is April 28th. Um, Morgan Jay is going to be on that. Teresa Lee. We got like great people. I'm super oh, psyched. Teresa go, go Lee, dancer. friend of the show. Yeah, love her. Um, uh, I mean, I, I can tell you the whole cast, but it's... Uh, I also, I always have a drag act, you know, I got to bring drag to the children. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, it was a really fun variety show. El Cid's a great venue. Um, really happy to be doing that there for fourth Fridays. Uh, I'm also at Sam Sweets on Instagram. You can follow me to see all my ventures. I don't know. Join my OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Corey, yeah. what about you? Yes, uh, you can follow me at Corey Showtime on Instagram and uh, OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, am pl- uh, I am producing my own show as well. Uh, it's, gonna, it's called Elevated Comedy at, at Elevate Lounge in downtown L.A. Uh, our first show is the uh, first Thursday. It's going to be a monthly uh Looks like it's going to be the first Thursday of every month. It's going to be on June 1st. We got Mateen Stewart, Andre Bailey, G King, and myself. Also, I will be at Cobbs in San Francisco opening for Jay Chandrakas. I can't say his last name. Dude, uh, the Indian dude. Chandra Haskar. Yes, thank you, sir. Chandra Haskar. I haven't heard it in a while. Chandra Haskar. Uh, Jay Chandra Haskar uh, from uh, Broken Lizard, uh, May 11th through 13th. Uh, I am doing comedy again. If anyone wants to book me on their shows, uh, also Adam Todd You can pay me to write. I mean, I write, but I would like if you pay me for it and there's going to be a bunch of changes with the network coming soon. So be on the lookout for that, including a thing where you can subscribe to everything we do for $5 a month. That used to be a thing. And then we took it away and it's coming back. So, Bolo. And I think that's it. Let's get the fuck out of here. Corey, say goodbye. Adios, everybody. You ain't got to go home, but you got to get off Al Gore's internet. Samantha, say goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bristol Street, bring a blood object to Bristol Street, I'm proud.